Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, welcome, you lovelies. Now today is the finale of good old Alfred No Yes Poetry from the volume The Flower of Old Japan. The episodes start with a song verse, no less, and we find out what happened to poor Peterkin and where the adventure takes us next. We have elfin kings and tales of soulless fay escorting our protagonists through the fields of green. So I won't keep you waiting, you loveliest of people. Now turn up the sound, turn off the lights. Relax with me and some very, very old poetry. Enjoy. And this is how the song went. Bear her along, keep ye your song, tender and sweet and low. Fairies must die, ask ye not why, ye that have hurt her so. Passing away, flower from the spray, colour and light from the leaf. Soon, soon will the year shed its bloom on her briar and the dust of its dreams on our grief. Men upon earth bring us to birth, gently at even and morn. When as brother and brother they greet one another and smile, then a fairy is born. But at each cruel word upon earth that is heard, each deed of unkindness or hate, some fairy must pass from the games in the grass and steal through the terrible gate. Passing away, flower from the spray, colour and light from the leaf, Soon, soon will the year shed its bloom on her briar, and the dust of its dream on our grief. If ye knew, if ye knew, all the wrong that we do, by the thought that ye harbour alone, how the face of some fairy grows wistful and weary, and the heart in her cold as a stone. Ah, she was born, blithe as the morn, under an April sky, born of the greeting of two lovers meeting, they parted and so she must die. Pass away, flower from the spray, colour and light from the leaf. Soon, soon will the year shed its bloom on her bier, and the dust of its dream on our grief. Cradled in bliss, ye born of your kisses, O oh, ye lovers that met by the moon. She would not have cried in the darkness and died, if ye had not forgotten so soon. Cruel mortals, they say, live forever and I, and they pray in the dark on their knees. But the flowers that are fled, and the loves that are dead, what heaven takes pity on these? Bear her along, singing your song, tender and sweet and low. Fairies must die, ask ye not why, ye that have hurt her so. Passing away, flower from the spray, colour and light from the leaf. Soon. Soon will the year shed its bloom on her beer and the dust of its dreams on our grief. Then we came through a glittering crystal grot by a path like a pale moonbeam and a broad blue bridge of forget-me-not over a shimmering stream. Till where, though the deep blue dusk a gleam rose like the soul of the setting sun and sunset breaking through the earth, a crimson sea of the poppies of dream, deep as the sleep that gave them birth in the night where all earthly dreams are done. And then, like a pearl-pale port of the moon, faint and sweet as a starlight shrine, 
Over the gloom of the crimson bloom, we saw the gates of ivory shine, and lulled and lured by the lullaby tune of the cradling airs that drowsily creep from blossom to blossom and lazily croon through the heart of the midnight's mystic noon. We came to the gates of the city of sleep. Faint and sweet as a lily's repose on the broad black breast of a midnight lake, the city delighted the cradling light. Like a straggling palace of cloud it rose. The towers were crowned with the crystal light, like the starry crown of a white snowflake, as they pierced in a wild white pinnacled crowd through the dusky wreaths of enchanted cloud that swirled all round like a witch's hair. And we heard, as the sound of a great sea sighing, the sigh of the sleepless world of care, and we saw strange shadowy figures flying up to the ivory gates and beating, with pale hands long and famished and thin. Like blinded birds we saw them dash against the cruelly gleaming wall. We heard them wearily moan and call, with sharp starved lips forever entreating the pale doorkeeper to let them in. And still, as they beat again and again, we saw on the moon-pale lintels a splash of crimson blood like a poppy stain, or a wild red rose from the gardens of pain. That sigh all night like a ghostly sea, from the city of sleep to Gethsemane. And lo, as we neared that mighty crowd, an old blind man came, crying aloud, to greet us as once the blind man cried in the Bible picture, you know, we tried, to paint that print with his eastern sun, but the reds and the yellows would mix and run, and the blue of the sky made a horrible mess right over the edge of the Lord's white dress. And the old blind man, just as though he had eyes, came straight to meet us, and all the cries of the crowd were hushed, and a strange sweet calm stole through the air like a breath of the balm that was wafted abroad from the forest of thyme for it rolled all around that curious clime, while its magical clouds of perfumed trees, and the blind man cried, Our help is at hand! O oh, brother, remember the old command! Remember the frankincense and myrrh! Make way, make way, for the little ones there! Make way, make way, I have seen them afar, under a great white eastern star, for I am the mad blind man who sees! Then he whispered softly, Of such as thee! And through the hush of the cloven crowd, we passed to the gates of the city, and there our fairy heralds cried aloud, Open your gates, don't stand and stare. These are the children from whom our king made all the star worlds dance in a ring. And lo, like a sorrow that melts from the heart, in tears the slow gates melted apart. And into the city we passed like a dream, and then in one splendid marching stream, the whole of that host came following through. We were only children, just like you. Children, ah! But we felt so grand as we led them, although we could understand nothing at all of the wonderful song that rose all around us as we marched along. And this is how that song went. You that have seen had the world and its glory change and grow old like the love of a friend. You that have come to the end of the story, you that were tired ere you came to the end. You that are weary of laughter and sorrow, pain and pleasure, labor and sin, sick of the midnight and dreading the morrow, ah, come in, come in. 
You that are bearing the load of the ages. You that have loved over much and too late. You that confute all the sores of the sages. You that served only because you must wait. Knowing your work was a wasted endeavor. You that have lost and yet triumphed therein. And lost to your losses and triumph forever. Ah, come in, come in. And we knew as we went up that twisted tree. With its violet shadows and pearl pale walls. We were coming to something strange and sweet. For the dim air echoed with elfin calls, and far away, in the heart of the city, a murmur of laughter and revelry rose, a sound that was faint as the smile of pity, and sweet as a swan sung's golden close. And then, once more, as we marched along, there surged around us that wonderful song, and it swung to the tramp of our marching feet, but ah, it was tenderer now, and so sweet, that it made our eyes grow wet and blind. And the whole wide world seemed mother kind, folding us round with a gentle embrace and pressing our souls to her soft, sweet face. And lo, a song was sung. Dreams, dreams, ah, the memory blinding us, blinding our eyes to the way that we go, till the new sorrow come once more reminding us blindly of kind hearts hours long ago. Mother mine, whisper we, yours was a love for me. Still, though our paths lie lone and apart, yours is the true love shining above for me. Yours are the kind eyes hurting my heart. Dreams, dreams, ah, how shall we sing of them? Dreams that we've loved with our head on our breast. Dreams, dreams, and the cradle-sweet swing of them. Aye, for her voice was the sound we loved best. Can we remember at all or forgetting it? Can we recall for a moment the gleam? Of our childhood's delight and the wonder begetting it. Wonder awakened in dreams of a dream. And once again from the heart of the city, a murmur of tenderer laughter rose. A sound that was faint as a smile of pity, and sweet as a swan sung's golden close. And it seemed as if some wonderful fair were charming the night of the city of dreams. For over the mystical din out there, the clouds were litten with flickering gleams, and a rosette light like the day's first flush quivered and beat on the towers above, and we heard, through the curious crooning hush, an elfin song that we used to love. Little boy blue, come blow up your horn, and the soft wind blew it the other way, and all that we heard was cows in the corn, but we never heard anything half so gay. And ever we seemed to be drawing nearer, that mystical rosette, smoke-wreathed glare, and the curious music grew louder and clearer, till Mustard Seed said, We're lucky, you see, we've arrived at a time of festivity. And so to the end of the street we came, and turned a corner, and there we were, in a place that glowed like the dawn of day, a crowded, clamouring city square, like the cloudy heart of an opal aflame. With the lights of a great dream fair, thousands of children were gathered there. Thousands of old men, weary and grey, and the shouts of the showmen filled the air. This way, this way, this way! And seesaw, Marjorie door, we heard a rollicking shout, as the swing boats hurtled over our heads to the tune of the roundabout. And little boy blue, come blow up your horn, we heard the showman cry. And dickory dock, I'm as good as a clock, we heard the swings reply. This way, this way is your heart's desire. Come, cast your burdens down. And the pauper shall mount his throne in the skies, and the king be rid of his crown. 
and souls that were dead shall be fed with fire from the fount of their ancient pain, and your lost love come with the light in her eyes, back to your heart again. Ah, here be sure she shall never prove, less kind that her eyes were bright. This way, this way, to your old lost love, you shall kiss her lips tonight. This way, with the smile of a dead man's face and the grip of a brother's hand. This way, to your childhood's heart of grace and your home in fairyland. Dickory Dock, I'm as good as a clock. Do you hear my swivels chime? To and fro as I come and go, I keep eternal time. Oh, little Bo Peep, if you've lost your sheep and don't know where to find them, leave them alone and they'll come home and carry their tails behind them. And seesaw, Marjorie Daw, there came the chorusing shout as the swing boats answered the roaring tune of the rollicking roundabout. Dickory, 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 dock, do you hear my swivels chime? Swing, swing, you're as good as a king if you keep eternal time. Then we saw that the tune of the world were one, and the metre that guided the rhythmic sun was at one like the ebb and the flow of the sea, with the tunes that we learned at our mother's knee. The beat of the horse's hooves that carried us down to see the fine lady of Banbury Town. And so by the rhymes that we knew, we could tell, without knowing the others, that all was well. And then our brains began to spin, for it seemed as if that mighty din were no less than the cries of the poets and sages of all the nations in all the ages. And if they could only beat out the whole of their music together, the Gordian and Gold, of the world would be reached with one mighty shout, and the dark dread secret of time be out. And nearer and nearer they seemed to climb, and madder and merrier rose the song, and the swings and the seesaws marked the time, for this was the maddest and merriest throng. That ever was met on a holy day to dance the dance of the world away, and madder and merrier round and round the whirligigs whirled to the whirling sound, till it seemed that the mad song burst its bars and mixed with the song of the whirling stars, the song that the rhythmic time tides tell to seraphs in heaven and devils in hell. Aye, heaven and hell in accordant chime with the universal rhythm and rhyme, where, nearing the secret of space and time, the song of our ultimate mystery, which only the mad blind men who see, led by the laugh of a little child, can utter, aye, wilder, and yet more wild. It maddened, till now, full song it was out. It roared by the story round about. And this is how the song went. A child was born in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem. A child was born in Bethlehem. Ah, hear my fairy fable. For I have seen the king of kings, no longer thronged with angel wings, but croodling like a little babe and cradled in a stable. The wise men came to greet him with the gifts of myrrh and frankincense, gold and myrrh and frankincense they brought to make him mirth. And would you know the way to win to little brother Peterkin? My childhood's heart shall guide you through the glories of the earth. A child was born in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem. The wise men came to welcome him. A star stood over the gable, and there they saw the kings of kings, no longer thronged with angel wings, but croodling like a little babe and cradled in a stable. And creeping through the music, once again the fairy cry, came freezing over the snowy towers to lead us on to Peterkin, 
Once more the fairy bugles blew from lands beyond the sky. And we all groped out together, dazed and blind, we knew not why. Out through the city's farther gates we went to look for Peterkin. Out, out into the dark unknown, and heard the clamour die. Far, far away behind us as we trotted on to Peterkin. Then once more along the rare forest paths we groped our way. Here the glowworm's league-long glare turned the wild thyme night to day. There we passed a sort of whale, sixty feet in length or more. But we knew it was a snail, even when we heard it snore. Often through the clamorous gloom, almost on the top of us, we beheld a beetle loom, like a hippopotamus. Once or twice a spotted toad, like a mountain wobbled by, with a rolling moon that glowed through the skin fringe of its eye. Once a caterpillar bowed, down a leaf of Yggdrasil, like a sunset-colored cloud sleeping on a quiet hill. Once we came upon a moth, fast asleep with outspread wings, like a mighty tissued cloth woven for the feet of kings. There above the wood in state, many a temple dome that glows, delicately like a great rainbow-colored bubble rose. Though they were but flowers on earth, oh, we dared not enter in, for in that divine rebirth, less than awe, we were more than sin. Yet their mystic anthems came sweetly to our listening ears, and their burden was the same, no more sorrow, no more tears. Whither Peterkin has gone, you assuredly shall go, when your wanderings are done, all he knows you, too, shall know. So we thought we'd onward roam, till earth's smallest flower appeared, with a less tremendous dome, less divinely to be feared. Then, perchance, if we should dare timidly to enter in, might some kindly doorkeeper give us news of Peterkin? At last we saw a crimson porch, far away like a dull red torch, burning in the purple gloom, and a great ocean of perfume. Rolled round us as we drew anear, and then we strangely seemed to hear the shadow of the mighty psalm, a sound as if a golden sea of music swung in utter calm against the shores of eternity, and then we saw the mighty dome of some mysterious temple tower on high, and knew that we had come at last to that sweet house of grace which wise men find in every place, the temple of the smallest flower. And there, alas, our fairy friends whispered, Here our kingdom ends. You must enter in alone, but your souls will surely show whither Peterkin is gone and the road that you must go. We poor fairies have no souls. Hark the warning harebell tolls. So goodbye, goodbye, they said, dear little seekers for the dead. They vanished, ah, but as they went, we heard their voices softly blent in some mysterious fairy song that seemed to make us wise and strong. For it was like the holy calm that fills the bosomed rose with balm, or blessings that the twilight breathes, where the honeysuckle wreaths, between young lovers and the sky, as on banks of flowers they lie. And with wings of rose and green, laughing fairies pass unseen, singing their sweet lullaby, lulla, lulla, lullaby, ah, good night with lullaby. Only a flower, those carven walls, those cornices and coronals, the splendid crimson porch, the thin strange sounds of singing from within, through the scented arch we stepped, pushed back the soft metallic door, 
and down the velvet aisles we crept. Was it a flower? No more? For one of the voices that we heard, a child's voice clear as the voice of a bird, was it not? Nay, it could not be. And a woman's voice that tenderly answered him in fond refrain, and pierced our heart with sweet, sweet pain. As if dear Mary mother hung above some little child and sung, between the waves of that golden sea, the cradle songs of eternity. And while in her deep smile he basked, answered whatsoever he asked. What is there hid in the heart of a rose, mother mine? Ah, who knows, who knows, who knows? A man that died on a lonely hill may tell you perhaps, but none other will, little child. What does it take to make a rose, mother mine? The God that died to make it knows. It takes the world's eternal wars. It takes the moon and all the stars. It takes the might of heaven and hell and the everlasting love as well, little child. But there in one great shrine apart, within the temple's holiest heart, we came upon a blinding light, suddenly, and a burning throne of pinnacle glory, wild and white. We could not see who reigned thereon, for all at once, as a woodbird sings, the aisles were full of great white wings, row above mystic burning row. And through the splendor and the glow, we saw four angels great and sweet, with outspread wings and folded feet, come gliding down from a heaven within, the golden heart of paradise, and in their hands with laughing eyes lay little brother Peterkin. And all around the temple of the smallest of the flowers, the glory of the angels made a star for little Peterkin. For all the kings of splendor and all the heavenly powers were gathered there together in the fairy forest bowers, with all their globed and radiant wings to make a star for Peterkin, the star that shone upon the east, a star that still is ours, whene'er we hang our stockings up, a star of wings for Peterkin. Then all in one great flash was gone. A voice cried, Hush, all is well. And we stood dreaming there alone. In darkness, who can tell the mystic quiet that we felt as if the woods in worship knelt? Far off we heard a bell tolling strange human folk to prayer through fields of sunset-colored air. And then a voice. Why, here they are! And as it seemed, we woke. The sweet old skies, great star by star, upon our vision broke. Field over field of heavenly blue rose o'er us, then a voice we knew, softly and gently spoke. See, they are sleeping by the side of that dear little one who died. We told, dear father, all our tale, that night before we went to bed, and at the end his face grew pale. And he bent over us and said, Was it not strange? He too was there, a weary, weary watch to keep before the gates of the city of sleep. But ere we came, he did not dare, even to dream of entering in, or even to hope for Peterkin. He was the poor blind man, he said, and we, how low he bent his head. 
Then he called Mother near, and lo, he whispered to us, Prompt me now, for I forget that song we heard, but you remember every word. Then memory came like a breaking morn, and we breathed it to him. A child was born, and there he drew us to his breast, and softly murmured all the rest. The wise men came to greet him with their gifts of myrrh and frankincense. Gold and myrrh and frankincense they brought to make him mirth. And would you know the way to win to little brother Peterkin? My childhood's heart shall guide you through the glories of the earth. Then he looked up and mother knelt beside us. Oh, her eyes were bright. Her arms were like a lovely belt. All round us as we said goodnight. To father he was crying now. But they were happy tears somehow, for there we saw dear mother lay, her cheek against his cheek, and say, Hush, let me kiss those tears away. And this is the entirety of the story, but there is a dedication. A dedication written by Alfred No Yes, and I want to share that with you all. What can a wanderer bring? Two little ones loved like you. You have songs of your own to sing that are far more steadfast and true. Crumbs of pity for birds that flit o'er your sun-swept lawn. Songs that are dearer than all our words with a love that is clear as the dawn. What should a dreamer devise in the depths of his wayward will to deepen the gleam of your eyes? Who can dance with the sun-child still? Yet you glanced on his lonely way. You cheered him in dream and deed. And his heart is overflowing, overflowing today, with a love that you never will need. What can a pilgrim teach to dwellers in fairyland? Truth that excels all speech, you murmur and understand. All he can sing you he brings, but one thing more, if he may, one thing more that the king of kings will take from the child on the way. Yet how can a child of the night brighten the light of the sun? How can he add a delight to the dances that never are done? Ah, what if he struggles to turn once more to the sweet old skies with praise and praise from the fetters that burn to the God that brightened your eyes? Yes, he is weak, he will fail. Yet what if in sorrows apart one thing one should avail? The cry of a grateful heart. It has wings, they return through the night, to a sky where the light lives yet, to the clouds that kneel on his mountain height, and the path that his feet forget. What if he struggles and still, fails and struggles again? What if his broken will whispers the struggles in vain? Once at least he has risen, because he remembered your eyes. Once they have brought to his earthly prison the passion of paradise. Kind little eyes that I love, eyes forgetful of mine. In a dream I am bending above, your sleep and you open and shine. And I know as my own grow blind, with a lonely prayer for your sake. He will hear even me, little eyes that were kind. God bless you, asleep or awake. And there is a note published by the Macmillan Company in 
on 64 and 66 Fifth Avenue, New York. Imagination, the capacity to perceive vividly and feel sincerely, and the gift of fit and beautiful expression in verse form. If these may be taken as the equipment of a poet, nearly all of this volume is poetry. And if to the sum of these be added the indescribable increment of charm which comes occasionally to the work of some poet, quite unearned by any of these catalogued qualities of his, you have a fair measure of Mr. Noyce at his best. Two considerations render Mr. Noyce interesting above most poets. The wonderful degree in which the personal charm illumines what he has already written, and the surprises which one feels may be in store in his future work. His feelings have already so much variety and so much apparent sincerity that it is impossible to tell in what direction his genius will develop. In whatever style he writes, the mystical, the historical dramatic, the impassioned description of natural beauty, the ballad, the love lyric, he has the peculiarity of seeming in each style to have found the truest expression of himself. This was the notes provided by Louisville Courier Journal, a review of Alfred Noyce poetry. Well, listeners, talk about a sad ending, right? Finding poor Peterkin, his body, the poor little guy had passed on. But at least through the entire adventure, they were able to find out what happened to Peterkin and get some kind of closure for the family. The crazy part about the last chapter is that Alfred Noyes titled it Happy Endings. Goodness. Mates, I hope you really enjoyed this entire volume of Alfred Noyes's poetry because I loved it. And now that I've done a fair bit of this kind of content, I'm going to jump right back into horror next week. Maybe some Let's Not Meet, some Books from the Shadows, perhaps even Beggars Can't Be Choosers, which aren't creepy but more or less strange. Stuff like that, so stick with me then. If you have any recommendations as well, send them my way via email, stories, fables, ghostly tales at gmail.com. And also, we'll have some more stories from Tom Keithley coming up as well. He's been working hard and sending me multitudes of his story, and you lovelies know how I love supporting creative writers, so expect to hear some stories involving Lilitu coming up. Folks, if you like what I do, as always, subscribe and share, and if you feel like you can contribute to the show's production costs, then swing on over to my Patreon page where you can send the love. Every bit you lovelies donate goes 100% back into production and nowhere else. Check it out when you have some time at www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt. Now I want to use this time to thank my Patreons. First up is my queen of all that is fairy and majestic, the queen of cats, Maya, the goddess that wraps me in bubble wrap and shoots me and my equipment to the moon and back. To show me they care, Maya, I've been looking at further streamlining my workflow and looking at why old time radio episodes tend to break up a lot more. And as I progress through Sherlock Holmes, I'm learning a lot about what plagues those kind of OTRs. As a result, I think I can push it even further next Monday. So when you listen to it then, Maya, hopefully I could get even more clarity for you. Thank you so much, mate, for supporting me as you always do. And as always, I'm super duper grateful for your tier of support. All of us benefit thanks to you. You're bloody marvelous. My wonderfully brilliant white tea warlord, Lezer of Loxley Bower. Mate, thanks to you, I've been able to update my registration for security on the website, and I've also been able to update some of my plugins that I use to clean up my audio. 
I ran into an issue recently with audio popping, and I think I might be able to remedy some of that through the plugins that I've got. We'll see. Cheers, mate, for helping me streamline my workflow. You are awesome. And wondrous wizardess, Paige Kramer. Expect an email from me this weekend, awesomest Pagemus. I tend to read emails multiple times and then run out of time to respond. Go figure, right? But I'm looking forward to putting time aside this weekend to respond. Talking to my listeners and my supporters. Legit brightens up my week. So I'm eager to sink my teeth into it. And thank you so much, Paige, for your support as always. You put a pep in my bouncy step. Thank you. And the enforcers that supercharged this podcast, I'm lucky to have. Chad Warren, Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffelli, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo, Yacone, Tea Time Drinker 1, and Divided by Zero. Thank you all so much, your bloody superstars, every single one of you. Now, have a wonderful weekend. I can't wait till next week's scary stories, or different or strange stories. And as always, till next we meet.